Good morning. Today is Friday, September 3rd, 2021. Today, I'd like to review with you the sounds of the shofar. Now, of course, the shofar experience is so much more than the sounds. It's the significance, the meaning, what the emotions are we supposed to have as we hear these sounds, the order in which the sounds appear, the shape of the shofar, where shofar comes from, um, so many layers to the meaning of the mitzvah of shofar once we get to Rosh Hashanah. But after all, it does start with the sound. So I wanted to concentrate today just on the sounds that we're supposed to hear so that we know what we're listening to and what we should be looking for when we get to Rosh Hashanah. In the Torah, there are two shofar notes, two shofar sounds. One is tekiah, and the tekiah sound is a confident, strong sound, and it sounds like this. That's the tekiah. There's a second sound mentioned in the Torah called trua. Now, trua is a sound that conveys danger, vulnerability, and fear. And here, for the trua, we have a three-way difference of opinion. How do we achieve that emotional sound? And this gets just a little bit confusing, but once I clarify it, you're going to be clear as a bell. So there are three opinions about what is the trua sound. One opinion is a sound that we call shvarim. Three broken sounds. We call that shvarim, which means broken. <coughs> There's another opinion about what the trua is, and it is called trua. The staccato up and down sound. And then there's a third opinion, which is shvarin trua. Both of those sounds put together sounds like this. So, those are three different opinions. How do we achieve what the Torah calls trua? It is a little bit confusing that the names for those three sounds, shvarim, trua, and shvarim trua, kind of confuse the fact that all three of them are attempts to sound a correct trua sound. So, trua is used in the biblical sense as the counterpart to tekiah, but in the rabbinic sense, it's one of the three that we blow as the trua sound. Okay, it's a little confusing, but that's the way it goes. Now, on Rosh Hashanah, the mitzvah of shofar is to blow the trua three times, and each time we blow the trua, there is a tekiah before and a tekiah after. That itself is a very important lesson. We'll leave that for another time. But so we always blow the shofar in lines. There's a line 
Tekia, Trua, Tekia, or Tekia, Shvarim, Tekia, or Tekia, Shvarim, Trua, Tekia. It always goes in a line. Tekia before, Tekia after, and one of the versions of the Trua in the middle. So, if you have to blow three Truas, that means you have to blow a a Tekia, a Trua, a Tekia three times. That means you need three truas plus six tekiyas, but you have three different opinions about what the true is, so you have to do that three different times. And if you add that up, it comes to 30 sounds. You have to blow 30 sounds in order to be certain that you've blown three truas, because we have three different opinions about what the true is, plus a tekia before and a tekia after each one of them. That takes 30 sounds. That's the mitzvah. That's the obligation on Rosh Hashanah to hear 30 sounds. If a person is, let's say, at home or some other place, and they want to fulfill the mitzvah of shofar, they are required to hear 30 sounds. The question comes up in shul. In the synagogue, there is a dispute. When should the shofar be blown? Should it be blown after the Torah reading before the Musa prayer? Or should it be blown during the reader's repetition of the Musa prayer? So, since we're not sure about that dispute, in the synagogue, we do both. We blow 30 blasts of the shofar after the Torah reading before Musaf, and then we do another 30 during the reader's repetition. The way that we do it is we split it up into 10, 10, 10, and we have each 10 come at the end of the sections of the three themes that I mentioned to you yesterday. At the end of the Malchios three theme, we blow 10. End of Shofros, we blow 10. End of, end of Zichronos, we blow 10. End of Shofros, we blow 10. So we divide that 30 into 333. By the time we get to the end of the Amidah for Musaf, we have heard 60 sounds. Then there is a custom, not a law, but a custom that says that there are certain metaphoric or mystical associations with the number 100. Let's just blow another 60 at the end and we'll come up with a grand total of 100. That's why in shul, under normal circumstances, we blow 100 blasts of the shofar. But I'm explaining to you, the obligation is just 30. Because of the dispute where to do it, we come up with 60. Once we have 60, we just go an extra 40 to get to 100 for the associations that are associated with that. But that's a pure custom. But again, if you're not in a synagogue setting and you just have to fulfill the mitzvah just of hearing the shofar, it's 30 sounds. Now, the timing of each one of these sounds is very important and very hard to do. And this is something that if you're just listening in shul to somebody blowing shofar, you might not be aware of it, but I would like you to be aware of it. The rule goes like this. Let's just take the case. Tekiah, trua, tekiah. Or Tekiah, Shvarim, Tekiah. Or Tekiah, 
Shvarim Trua, Tekiah. The Tekiah on either end of the line has got to be at least as long as whatever was in the middle. Which means, if I'm blowing Tekiah, Shvarim, Tekiah, Shvarim is a rather short sound. So the Tekiah on either side can be shorter. But if I blow Tekiah, Shvarim, Trua, Tekiah, then the Tekiahs on either end have to be longer because they have to be as long as whatever's in the middle. Let me let me give you an example. Here's a short Tekiah for a short line. Okay? Tekiah, Shvarim, Tekiah. It's fine. But if I'm going to do Shvarim Trua in the middle, the Tekiah has got to be long, longer. So you have to listen to make sure that those tekiahs on either side are actually long enough for that line. Now, this is very hard to do. The person who is calling out the sounds is supposed to have the responsibility to make sure that every sound is correct. What I do is I try to sound out in my head as the tekiah is being blown to, to sound off the beats in my head of if it was a shvarim trua and thereby determine if that tekiah was long enough. And sometimes I'll have to tell the person blowing the shofar, <clears throat> sorry, you got to do that over again and that's got to be longer. Okay. <clears throat> it's very hard to evaluate. And um, it's, it's, um, uh, it's something that takes a lot of, um, you can't be distracted when you're trying to do this. So uh, it takes a lot of uh, difficulty. Now, there is a very, very subtle dispute in how we blow the shvarim trua sound. I'm going to do it two ways. Let's see if you can notice the difference between the first shvarim trua I'm going to do and the second shvarim trua I'm going to do. <clears throat> that was one. Did you notice any difference? Yes or no? Any difference? The difference was... Did I take a slight breath in between the two? Was it just one sound? The shvarim in the same breath went into the trua? Or was there a slight, slight, slight pause of a breath between the shvarim and the trua? That's also a disputed view. The An advanced chauffeur blower will, both of them are kosher. 
Both are kosher, but an advanced shofar blower will try to be careful to do it one way in the 30 before Musaf and a different way in the 30 during Musaf just to make sure they've covered all their bases. So you might want to, if the shofar blower is really an expert, expert person, you might want to listen carefully to try to see, is he blowing with a breath or without a breath? Now, the next thing I want to tell you <clears throat> is very, very important. It's very, very important because you will often hear this done incorrectly because our scholars who discuss the sounds of the shofar are very clear about this point. But certain groups and in certain communities, it has been very, it has become very common to not do this correctly. I don't want to criticize them. Maybe they have other opinions that they're relying on, but um, not the way that normative Jewish law says it should be done. I'll give you an example, and once you hear it, you're going to know immediately what I mean. <clears throat> I'm going to do a tkia. So you'll often hear that, where the sound goes up at the end. It's a little bit of a, a, thr a frill or whatever you want to call it. That's not correct. It's not the right thing. I know a lot of places do it, and I know a lot of people who blow shofar take pride in being able to get that fancy kind of a jazzy sound out of it, but it's not correct because the sounds of the shofar must be straight. I said to you before, tkia is a straight sound. It has to have the same tone at, from the very beginning to the very end. This is the correct way to do a tkia. And you don't want anything at the end. Sometimes what a person will do is that's not what we want. What you got to do is you got to cut it before you do anything else. It goes like this. Straight and cut. The same for the other sounds. Um, as I say, you'll hear a lot of people doing it differently. It's not my job to correct them but it is clear from the classic sources that it should be this straight, pure sound. And we try very, very hard to make it that way here at ADAF. So again, this is just the mechanics. This is just the sounds to listen for. But, but we should be listening carefully and know what we're listening for and making sure that the sounds are the right length, that they're the right tone, that they're being sounded the right way, that they are going the right way. And uh, then, of course, we have to add to it what it means, what's the significance, what's the emotional part of it, what's the spiritual part of it, um, what are we supposed to get from it, how are we supposed to feel, how are we supposed to relate to it, all of those other layers. But it starts with the sounds. So let me just finish off for today. Friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you 
soon in person.